everyone, and welcome back to Crossroads Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 2002 Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. It is minute 17. Mm-hmm. Sorry, usually in my notes, I delete the previous minute when we're done recording it so that I don't get confused about what minute we're on. Uh-huh. Didn't do that last time. They begin, or the minute begins with all of them leaving to go home. Yes. From the field, Hemmings right. Field. And I have it going on through Dan Aykroyd saying, all those get discounts I gave him finally paid. We'll find out tomorrow what they paid. <laughs> uh, I have that Kit uh, calls them back and says that uh, she's leaving Sunday at 7 a.m. if they want to join her, which is... Yes. Um, Wait, Mimi does. Mimi does. Sorry. That's I, why I, I was I, making that face. Yeah. I was like, I don't... I get Kit and Mimi confused sometimes because I forget what Mimi, what Mimi's name is. Sure. And yeah. also, the main reason I was confused is because you said Kit calls them back. And right. when we first see Kit in the next scene, she's on the phone. Right. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. I'm very confused right now. So Mimi calls them back and says she's leaving on Sunday at 7 a.m. Yes, if, if they, they want to join. join. So okay. that changes what I said last week. Which was what? That uh, June 16th, which is the date of the audition, is mm-hmm. a Sunday. So it's June 16th, 2002. It was a Sunday. Okay. So um, I said, so the, the audition can't be on Sunday. Is this set in 2001 when June 16th was on a Saturday and Mimi's giving them a week to get there? Okay. That makes the most sense to me. Why could it not be on a Sunday? Because it's Saturday now. Right. And if the audition is tomorrow Sunday and they're in Georgia Why and they're it driving be the next Sunday. Well, that's what I'm saying. It could be it could be the next Sunday. It could be the next Sunday. You're yeah. exactly that, that that I hadn't considered that. You're right. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It could be a week. So she could be yeah. giving so that's the that's that's that makes the most sense. Well, uh, and then I says they all go as separate ways as possible. Yes. Like they could not be going in more opposite directions from all three of them. Like, yeah, they may as well have all turned around and backed up until their backs were touching each other. Yeah. And then started walking in straight lines away from each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looked for a second like like a pair of them were going to go in sort of a similar direction. And then it was like, nope. Well, yeah, because Mimi's like, I'm leaving Sunday at seven if you want to come along. And Kit and Lucy kind of look at each other. Yeah. And Kit rolls her eyes and turns around and walks away. And then Lucy's like, okay, well, you're walking east. I guess I'll walk west. Right. And Mimi's like, south it is. (laughs) (laughs) So then we change scenes. We do. And we see uh, a customer in Kit's dad's store. Mm -hmm. He is played by Richie Montgomery. Okay. His top three, he was TJ in the movie Blaze, which I don't know what that is. Okay. He was Devereaux in, I think, a movie, but possibly a TV show called Ozark. I think Ozark's a TV oh, show, right? it is. Yeah. It's got, um, is it Jason Bateman? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Because there was another one called Bloodline that right. has Kyle Chandler. Right. Yes. And I, I, I don't get those two actors mixed up, but I yeah. think people were talking about those two shows right around the same time. Yes. Agreed. And so I get confused about who's in what. Yes. Well, this guy was uh, played a guy named Devereaux in Ozark, the Jason Bateman one. Right. Um, and then he played a guy named Warden Barry in a movie that was originally called Heart Baby, but well, then was changed to The Hammer. It's a boxing movie. Both of those are bad names for well, any movie, but especially a boxing movie. I kind of, I kind of have a, a strange affection for Heart Baby. 
heart comma baby to a, a one exclamation point. Yeah, no. Like for I like an indie movie maybe, but yeah, no, they it's... aren't great. It, it, honestly, it sounds like an independently published romance novel that didn't go through an actual external editor before it was <laughs> placed live on Amazon for 99 cents. Uh-huh. But what if you changed it to the hammer and you're like, you know, ladies. The hammer is his penis. Oh, yeah. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and I'm very excited to tell you about this, and I'd, I, it kept, I kept remembering it and then forgetting it. He played a character named Papa Joe in a, in a movie called, boy, I'm excited. Santa Jaws. What? The plot of Santa Jaws is trying to survive the family Christmas, Cody makes a wish to be alone, which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. Wow. So it's a shark manifests. (laughs) So not like when they're out on a boat and this shark is also in the water. I'm picturing this just like all of a sudden there's a shark in his living room. Yeah, it's like... pops in out of nowhere. Instead of Home Alone where there's some sort of a confusion, a shark shows up into the Chicago suburbs and just eats the rest of McAllister. Just like materializes in the middle of the living room. Right. Yep. Because he's a shark romancer. Uh Uh-huh. Like a necromancer, not like a romancer of sharks. I mean... Though, I mean, who who knows? There is definitely a book called um, Hammered by the Hammerhead. Oh, I know. You I can hear you us know. talk about Unabashedly Obsessed. Um, was that a Chuck Tingle? No. It was not. Okay. Okay. He was MC at Bell, E-M-C-E-E at uh-huh. Bell in Pitch Perfect 2. And I wrote, and I don't know what that means, which means it's time to re- for a PP2 rewatch. Um, okay. Because I don't know what Bell is or uh, who, why there would be an MC there. Pitch Perfect 2 was the world um, championships, the, the world championships, not the army tour. Right. Okay. So Bell might be a club? Maybe he's the I was club at maybe the a club. Maybe Bell is the club where they have the riff off where the guy has like commissioned them to come and have the riff off and the Green Bay Packers are there and stuff. Maybe. Maybe that's Bell. That's so possible. I will follow up on that um, if I remember. Yeah, this this guy looks so just kind of generic. Yeah. Kind of in the way that, I always forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays um, Boyle on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Kind of in the way that he looks generic, but like if you didn't recognize that guy from being on TV. Right, Joel Latrulio. Yes. Yeah. Um, I never remember his name. That's okay. Um, I knew him from like comedy first. Yeah. And so I, that, that's just, that's the only reason why I, I, know, I know. I get him confused also with... Another actor whose name I can't remember, who was on Suburgatory. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Sisto. Not Jeremy Sisto. Different guy. <laughs> the guy. Oh, the guy who plays um, Dr. Spaceman on 30 Rock. Oh, that is Chris Parnell. I yes, to, Chris I, Parnell. I, I, I never, I always remember his name is Chris and I never remember the Parnell part. I had to, I had to think of, of the SNL announcement of his name to, to get it. But uh, yeah. Um, I, I can see that the, those two like they, confusing. They have sort of a similar vibe. Yeah, and the, and this guy also is like kind of generic white dude yeah. who looks like every dude who's ever shopped in a hardware store. Right. He was Paisley Hatman, uncredited, in The Mist. So there's our Stephen King connection. Excellent. Uh, he was a young doctor in Catch Me If You Can, which doesn't really make sense to me because Catch Me If You Can was like after this or shortly before this and he isn't young anything so like yeah he's like a middle-aged dude yeah 
May- now, is it possible he was in a scene with a very old doctor, and so he was... Maybe, that's... Yeah, like he was... The, the com- scene was written as, you know, Dr. Weber, who mm-hmm. happened to be... That's my neighbor. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> who happened to be, you know, written to be like in his 70s or whatever. Right. And then there was... And there's also a younger doctor. Right, right. An old priest and young priest. Mm-hmm. Um, he was lighting guy number two in the movie... Brittany Baby One More Time. Okay. And I'm excited to tell you the plot synopsis of Brittany Baby One More Time. Is this going to be this movie's blood drips heavily? Let's find out. Okay. Dude Schmitz. What? An independent filmmaker attempting to secure funds for his second feature blows an opportunity at what promises to be a lucrative interview with pop sensation Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Dejected, Schmitz discovers Robert Stevens, a young, gay Britney impersonator. Mm-hmm. Schmitz takes off for New Orleans with for New Orleans with Stevens, promising him a chance to meet his teen idol, all the while taking film of Stevens' cross-country exploits and pawning them off as footage of the real deal. So not only does that sound like a movie that is whatever or, or something, I'm not really sure <laughs> if that would be good or whatever, it sort of sounds like Crossroads. Uh-huh. And it was made in, like, early 2002. It's sort of like someone was like, what if Britney Spears went on a road trip? We can't actually get Britney Spears because she's off filming her road trip movie. So we're going to make this instead. How do I watch this? I don't know. YouTube.com slash whatever the name of this movie is. That's not how YouTube works. Britney Baby One More Time. Britney Baby One More. Okay. I'm I'm just taking notes. Yeah. Because Santa Jaws needs to be sent to Christina. Because Uh she will love the shit out of that movie. (laughs) And then the last thing that I have is he played a character named Elton on the Dukes of Hazard TV show. Oh. And then later he was a trooper in the 2005... The original Dukes of Hazard mm-hmm. TV show? Yeah. Oh. This guy's career goes back to like the late 70s. Oh, okay. It's wild that his top three are all from like the past three years. But, yeah. Um, and then he was a trooper in the 2005 movie version of oh. uh, Dukes of Hazard. So like a cameo, I guess. Yeah. If you're like a big Elton head. I guess. And that's all I have for uh, Richie Montgomery. Okay. The customer, the unnamed customer that appears at the beginning of this minute. He does have multiple lines. He does have multiple lines. Um, or at least one line that he says twice, I think. Right. I think he says, excuse if, me, two times. Yeah. Uh, I have kid is on the phone with Dylan asking him to come home. And she says, I love you. And he has already hung up, which is harsh. Yes. She, well, so he, she's, she's upset because he's not coming home for the summer. Right. She hasn't seen him since Christmas. They have to plan their wedding. She loves him. I'm not sure at what point in this conversation Dylan hung up. It might have been before the scene starts. I honestly don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's rough. And it makes some of her future decisions sort of like, why? Yeah. But But I think we, as we will learn, Kit is super damaged. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so while she's on the phone, unnamed customer comes up and says excuse me and she just looks at him and she kind of holds the phone away from her face a little bit and she goes dad customer and then goes back to talking and that got a legit lol from me yeah i i wrote uh dad customer yep (laughs) yes it is the least helpful you could possibly be there are moments in this movie where they are such perfect teenagers that just really kind of shines so brightly <laughs> that it makes up for all of the times that I'm like, what are you doing, Shonda Rhimes? <laughs> right. 
Right. Like the whole, you know, first 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Those vignettes. Uh-huh. And then my last note is Dr. Johnson called... Oh, so then we switch to Lucy is visiting her dad at his auto mechanic shop. Mm-hmm. Then Dan Aykroyd says, Dr. Johnson called, and Lucy got a job at... Uh, got Lucy a job at the hospital, and that's when he said something about all those discounts finally paid. Yes. Probably who, who off, but we don't... We'll, we'll, there's Maybe, no way of There's no way of knowing. We'll never find out. Maybe on. That's true. They might have paid on. They finally paid on. Or paid it forward. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I'm just kidding, guys. We didn't cancel the podcast. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, that was my... That was... No, I know. Like a we'll never, ever find out. It's like when you are careening off, like you're almost going to drive off a cliff. Uh Uh-huh. But you don't realize it. Or like even more so when you like scrape your leg, but you're at the pool and you don't feel it until someone's like... Hey, your legs hey, all cut Hey, why off. are you bleeding? And you're like, oh God, the pain. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I didn't realize how close we came to cancellation. I have a question for you. Yes. So Lucy got a job at the hospital. Yes. What kind of job? Is she candy striping? Photocopying? Wiping tables in the cafeteria? Brain surgeon. I mean, so the, I'm assuming that he got, he managed to get this job for her at the hospital because right. she, she, very definitely she and not at all. Her dad wants her to be a doctor. <laughs> right. So candy striping would be the most useful right. thing that she could do without anything resembling a medical degree as she is a very recent high school graduate right. who has not even gone to her college orientation yet, much less attended a single class. Right. But what kind of jobs are available to someone like that that isn't like volunteering to go around and play solitaire you don't play solitaire with people play hearts is that a two-person game nope play blackjack uh-huh go fish go fish that there's one <laughs> and play that you don't what kind of jobs can you get with lucy's lack of qualifications right. that is not that is dealing with patients or doing something remotely medical that isn't just going around and playing go fish with people. Right. Because like I was going to say like filing and I don't know if this is pre or post HIPAA. Right. But assuming it's post HIPAA, she couldn't do that. Well, so I started to write down photocopying patient records and then I deleted the patient records part because I'm like, surely they wouldn't right. give her access to that. And she couldn't like dole out medicine. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And they're not going to, it's not going to be janitorial. Like... Yeah, she's not going to be wiping tables in the cafeteria. I don't know. Maybe she's going to be, like, shadowing someone where it's not a... The, okay, so she says job. Right. But for all we know, she is going to be, like, shadowing one of the nurses or hanging out in the nurse's station just observing things. Right. For, like, a week or two during the summer. Because I honestly don't... I can't think of what types of jobs they would have. Maybe she's in some kind of, like, dispatch or, like, the reception area? Maybe. Anything that I can think of that would be of any use that Pete would be excited about her having. Right. Unless Dr. Johnson was just like, yeah, I can get her a job. Send her send her to me on Monday. And then it's just going to be, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Is, it, like, a HIPAA violation. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know if maybe just having on her resume that she had a summer job at a hospital looks good to medical schools. And so it doesn't matter if what she's doing is literally just like 
picking up trash or she could like restock carts maybe like you know put like iv lines and stuff like from the supply closet into whatever because that would that would get her in the area Mm -hmm. but would not have sensitive information right or access to drugs that would those would probably be in a different closet from where like the latex gloves are right that might that that's gonna be my that's gonna be my guess okay I mean, it, I mean, like, it could honestly be that plus just being sort of a pretty face going around raising morale. Yeah. Um, Gross. Morale without any air quotes around it. <laughs> no, I know. Just the, the idea of, like, this young teenage girl being, like, sent around to be pretty and make people happy with her prettiness. I, I realize think, that's not what you meant. Well, that is a little what I meant. And I guess I kind of want to walk it back because I feel like if it was Justin Long. Mm-hmm. I think that it would he could serve perhaps the same role, just sort of being youth mm-hmm. at the yeah. hospital. I think that probably Britney Spears would be used like she's cute. Send her into Old Man Jones and see if he throws. Ooh, delivering food. Did were you, you say gonna that? Say, were you going to? No, I didn't. Were you going to say see if he throws a bedpan at her or was something? Yeah. Yeah, and then food. you said, "Oh, delivering food." So my brain had to take a hard left turn and catch <laughs> up to where you were. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like I was actually thinking, like throws her throws his oatmeal or whatever. Oh, okay. So she could she could go and deliver like daily meals without yeah. touching sensitive information. Yeah. That might be that. That would probably be what I would that and then I mean she could honestly do both because like mealtime isn't all the time. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of old man Jones. Mm-hmm. Which is why he throws his bedpan at her. Yep. She comes in to deliver his meal and he's like, why weren't you here every other minute of today? I want to fill this up. Ugh. Gross. Yep. Bedpans. Well, I'm done with this minute. Yep, me too. Okay. So we are on <laughs> social media. <laughs> We're on Twitter at Crossroads underscore Min or individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network who can be found on Twitter at Scavengers Net or on their website, scavengersnetwork.com. Or you can go to patreon.com slash the Scavengers Network to check out all of the other great sibling shows we have, such as... Unnatural 20s. Yes, they are, as of the time of this recording, fairly new to the network. And it's basically like, hey, what if James made another podcast? It's, it, <laughs> I, I, was telling, I was telling my wife about this. I was like, it is like if you said, make the most James podcast. Yep. I've, I've been talking to, to Caitlin from Unnatural 20s about sort of the structure of her show. And I've been sort of listening to other episodes and whatever. And it's so much more, Aaron. It's so much more James than I could I could possibly have imagined. Yeah. She was like, I'm worried that I'm going to lose you because it's so complicated. And I was like, bring it on. Please yeah. bring this on. And it's like, she sent me paragraph after paragraph. There were attached things that she had to, I had to see and stuff. It's very good. So it's basically, it's a conversation podcast. Mm-hmm. But the conversation is sort of... Um, randomly determined by the role of a d20 which corresponds to an extant list of if you roll a four that's this if you roll a seven that's this yeah and it changed there are themes and it changes from from episode to episode but it's so good it's it's just really they you they clearly just really love being around each other so yeah um check it out they have and they have a big back catalog they started like Right around when we started on Abashly Obsessed. Oh, wow. So yeah. they've been going for a few years now. Yeah. Perfect. Um, if you do want a sort of overview of what they do in like terms of this list, 
Um, episode 20, they do every single line because it's like the 20th. It's like a crit mm-hmm. roll. Um, sure. So that's a good overview to, to start with. But I also started with episode one and was perfectly happy with that. So. And I started with the episode where they announced that they were on the Scavengers Network. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. So they, they love each other and you can tell and they're very, very funny. Um, yes. So check them out. Yep. All right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow and we'll see what paid. Yes, exactly. I was. I th- it sounded like a rhyme. It sounded like you were doing like a limerick or something. Oh, I was it like, made no sense. I was like, and we'll see. So come back tomorrow and we'll see what paid. I was like, I think that rhymed, but I don't get what it means. Hey, James. Hey, Aaron. Let's be best friends forever. We will. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.